Welcome to the Jack and John podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm John. And we're on a mission. To help you focus on Christ. Amen. All right. Hey, last time, um, well, the episode you just watched would have been on attacking anxiety, but on episode two, uh, we talked about what's your life verse. And today we want to touch on that because we've had several people send us, hey, here's my life verse. So Jack, why don't you kick it off with us? Yeah, uh, I would, I'll just kind of share the first life verse that we have is from Galatians uh, 6.14. That's where your life verse isn't. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, well, I just had to uh, refer back to episode two. Uh, never mind, we'll move on. But this is what that says. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. I think Paul is writing there um, that uh, the world needs to understand uh, that Jesus Christ came to save the world. But the way he saved the world was through his death. And in order to be saved, I believe the scripture says that Christ invites us to come and die. That we have to die to ourselves. We have to die to our hopes, our dreams, our plans, so that we might totally surrender ourselves, commit ourselves to Jesus Christ, to his lordship. We confess him as Lord so that we might uh, be crucified to the world, so that we won't uh, keep the world in us, but that we rid ourselves of the world and bring, so to speak, uh, the Lord and heaven in us. Does that make sense, John? It does. It does. You know, one of the things that Paul says also is that uh, we're, we were dead in our sins. Um, and so, uh, you know, when we talk about the world being crucified to me, it's, it's also um, us being crucified with Christ. And um, Yeah, that scripture that says, I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me, which if I can refer back to my favorite verse is Christ in me, the hope of glory. And so that uh, kind of speaks of the Holy Spirit and of the fact that we need to die to our own spirit so that the spirit of Christ might uh, not only fill us, go with us, but begin to direct us in our lives and our choices. Yeah, I I picture Christ doing the resurrecting, you know, um, in in my line of work, you know, especially early on uh, when I was in residency, I, I participated in and ran a lot of codes, you know, code being a code blue where somebody has a cardiac arrest and um, they're essentially dead or dying. Um, they may have some brain activity, but not for long because there's no oxygen. There's no perfusion. They are effectively dead. Um, there's no resurrecting without somebody else doing it. I mean, as far as I know, Jesus is the only person who's been able to resurrect from the dead of his own power. Um, so he's the one that does the resurrecting. Um, you know, he's the one that slaps on the pads and gives us the shock and, hey, you're back to life because, in effect, we are dead uh, in our tracks without him. And I'll tell you, myself, getting older, and I'm reminded that every day. You are day, getting older, Jim. Not only by my own body and, and those kind of things, but people tell me that, hey, you're getting older. Uh, he one of, those, <laughs> one of those things that's uh, amazing is the scripture that says, uh, though I'm wasting away, I'm being renewed in my spirit day by day. Well, <laughs> neither one not, of us is wasting maybe away. Maybe not wasting away that way, but wasting away 
in the sense that uh, uh, the, the legs hurt, the back hurts, everything hurts. Uh, you, things stop working. You know, my pancreas stopped creating insulin. So now, yeah, you, uh, you know, you have these uh, issues that start coming up as you begin to get older and really continue forward into your eternal life. And I think that's why in First John, where uh, the Bible talks about uh, young men need to know about faith in Christ. Uh, um, children need to know about faith in Christ. Young men need to have a handle on the word of God and have to understand the evil one. And old men have to understand that God is an eternal God, an everlasting God. And uh, that is said twice in John. Um, so I think that the eternal nature and dying to self so that we might head toward life eternal is uh, of essential nature in the scriptures. Very good. Yeah. Very good. So another one uh, is Hebrews twelve fourteen. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Uh, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Um, <clears throat> that's a good verse. That's a tough one. Um, <laughs> that is a tough one. I, I think that it's super important. Um, but in our day... Um, there's so much hostility in this world and making every effort to live in peace with everyone is is tough. Um, I think it's Peter that writes a similar verse and he says, uh, so far as it is uh, possible for you. Um, he puts that phrase in there. In other words, we're not going to be able to live at peace with everyone because not everyone's going to go along with that. You're still going to face some hostility, um, which obviously Christ faced some hostility to the point of crucifixion. Um, but to be holy, Jack, what does it mean to you uh, to be holy? Well, holy holiness to me is maturity. And I think you talked about that last time, to be complete. Uh, but I think there is um, uh, trying to emulate Christ, trying to be like Christ. I know that uh, the Bible teaches that we have been made holy mm -hmm. by the sacrifice of Christ, by his blood through faith. Um, but also it says that we are to live up to what we've already attained. What does that mean? That means that you've attained holiness through the grace of God. Now live up to it. Yeah. In other words, don't, don't take the holiness that Christ has given you and then live like the devil. Uh, we should be striving to be like Christ. The um, Bible says, be holy as you have been made holy. That almost doesn't make sense unless you understand it in the context mm. of being made holy by the blood of Jesus Christ, the agent that forgives us of our sin. Now that I've been forgiven, what kind of life ought I, ought I live? Well, Peter says the world is going to be judged and it's going to be destroyed one day with fire. And uh, so then he asks the question, so what kind of life should you live? Well, I'm uh, motivated by that, uh, right. by that judgment uh, to certainly live as Christ would have me live, which is a pure and holy life. Yeah. The, don't forget that. That's, that's very clear in the word. I think it's very important to understand, too, when we're talking about this kind of stuff, um, I don't, I don't see this as a burden that's put on us to march in a legalistic 
fashion, okay? We're not, it's like, oh, here's the list of rules, okay? Jesus died for you, you're saved, it's all grace and everything. Now here's your list of rules you got to follow. Um, I, I don't think that's really what it means. To me, it's more about being devoted. Um, the word holy is an interesting word because, you know, growing up, I was taught that it meant to be set apart. That's what the Hebrew word that's translated holy means. Um, in the New Testament, it's written in Greek, and the word that's translated holy actually means more to be devoted or dedicated or to uh, be morally pure. And the idea there, it's, it's similar to, if you think about everything with the Levitical laws and how they surrounded um, the holiness of God and the temple, um, if you wanted to go into the presence of God, everything had to be devoted to that process. Um, the the laws about uncleanness and that kind of thing were not really about um, morality um, or sin. It was more about a purification, um, and they were written in such a way as these things all point to life-giving, Okay, because God is the life giver. And so to be holy was to be devoted to him and to eliminate things that like you couldn't be around a dead person. Okay, you were allowed to go to the funeral of an immediate family member. Um, But interesting point, even the high priest was not allowed to attend the funeral of his own father or mother because he had to maintain that degree of cleanliness uh, so that he could be in the presence of God. And so it's, it's about devoting ourselves to him so that he could do the work in us. But I think in, in, uh, in Romans, I know that uh, Paul kind of answers a question uh, that he asks himself. He poses himself. He said, shall we continue in sin? Oh, yeah. Uh, that grace might increase. God forbid you died to sin. How can you live any longer in it? So the Bible says for us to continue in deliberate sin uh, kind of removes the sacrifice of Christ. We can't deliberately live in a practice of sin. First John talks a lot about that. But uh, on the other hand, and this is the conundrum of the Christian life for me and trying to grow through this and understand this in a practical way that I have to be holy, but I also am a human being right. and I can't be a judge of everyone else's holiness mm-hmm. or set my standard on it, but let's live according to the scriptures and his standard on it. It's not, not always easy, but uh, praise the Lord. God made a way. Absolutely. Amen. All right, Jack. You want to grab the next one? Yes, Philippians 1 6, great verse. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Uh, my first comment is I want to comment on the end of the verse uh, where it speaks of the day of Jesus Christ. You know, when Jesus was on the earth as the Son of Man, called himself that, he was incarnate in flesh. He kept talking about his hour. He would say, my hour has not yet come. It is not yet my hour. Uh, As we read the Gospels, we find that what he was speaking about was his death on the cross to finalize salvation. The day of the Lord is the day when he comes back again to finalize salvation. (laughs) 
in an eternal way. And uh, so what, what this scripture, I think, is saying is that we, there is an effort. Make every effort. Uh, Peter says to make your calling and election sure. The Hebrew writer says to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Because without holiness, it's impossible to see the Lord. Um, boy, I jumped down to Philippians. There's my mistake. Hey, you know what? Uh, you're good. I'm good. I'm good to go. So without holiness, no one will see the Lord. I apologize. That's the end of that verse. Um, so it's impossible to understand that we've been made holy by the blood of Christ. So without that holiness, it's impossible to see God. Since we have it, let's let's live up to it. Let's attain yeah. it. Amen. The other thing that I like about that verse is basically, you know, that whole beginning part of Philippians, um, he's just bragging on the Philippians. He's like, I love you guys. You know, I pray for you every time I think about you. I mean, he's going on and on with it. And then and then he throws this verse into it. Um, but then the, the kicker comes in chapter two. And when he says, so now I've said all that great stuff. Humble yourselves and be like Jesus, who, being in the very nature of God, emptied himself and became a servant and humbled himself even to the point of death. Uh, so I love that because, you know, here Paul is like building them up. You guys are so good. I love you. I love your church. I'm going to come there. I'm going to preach. It's going to be great. And then he says, humble yourself. And, and Philippians chapter 2, that's not a life verse. That's a life chapter. And uh, <laughs> you, you, we all need to embrace that one. Um, Philippians 4.13, um, I think, you know, if you grew up in the church and, um, you know, you did sword drills or you memorized scripture, or, you know, Sunday school, whatever, I, most people uh, it, who grew up with faith are going to know and cling to this verse just because it's so familiar and it's used so many times. Philippians 4.13 I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Um, or another translation is, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Um, I think it's a fantastic verse in the context. He's not saying, you know, I can fly if I want to, um, or, you know, I can run 12 <laughs> marathons in a day if I want to. That, that's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, if you read the context around it, it, there's all this horrible stuff that's going on. I mean, and if you followed Paul's story, it's like, okay, he's been beaten by snakes. He's been stoned. Uh, he's been washed up on the seashore. I mean, uh, he's been in prison. He's got a list, okay? If anybody can brag about all the bad stuff that's happened to them in the service of Christ, it's the Apostle Paul, okay? What he's saying is, I can do all this stuff through Christ. Um, God gives me the strength I need to make it through whatever comes. Um, it, it, there's a kind of a contemporary uh, verse that doesn't talk about Christ, but it's in the same vein, and I love this. I see this little post pop up now and then, and I've shared it. And I, and I share this with patients, too, especially people who are struggling with anxiety and depression. And, and that is, uh, this guy says, you know, whenever I'm having a bad day, I just have to remind myself that so far I'm 100% on making it through bad days. <laughs> and I, I feel like Paul's kind of saying that right here. You know, he's like, you know, whenever I've had it rough, 
Jesus has gotten me through it. And uh, I, I love that. I really do. And that's that's true in every moment, mm-hmm. even when we're not feeling things that are rough. You know, we think, oh, these things are going well. Yeah. No, he's he's getting us through more than we even know. Um, I want to share something now. And uh, for those of you who, um, you know, look at like show notes or podcast notes, whatever, you, you would have seen this because uh, this thought came to me after we did the um, the life verse episode. You know, I shared my life verse. If you watched, you remember that. Um but this is very personal. You know, Jack was sharing about um, Karen and his first wife and, and her passing and the impact of that. And I think that may have prompted some of the thought. But my wife and I, with our, our first pregnancy, um, she was at 32 weeks and started having contractions, went to the hospital, no heartbeat. And um, our daughter, Sarah, uh, she was dead. And um, we were young. I mean, we were young. Um, Still affects it. Yeah, we had lived uh, a dream life, you know, to that point. I mean, I look and I think... I never had anything bad happen, period. You know, I, I married my high school sweetheart. Um, she got her teaching job. I got into medical school. Um, and here we are. I'm a junior in medical school. I've literally just finished a week of newborn where all you do that week is examine perfectly healthy newborn babies every day for a week. And the reason you do that is it imprints in your mind that physical exam so that you never get it wrong and you never leave anything out. Um, it's a fun week because you're not working real hard and you're holding babies all the time. I mean, it was a great week. Finished that week. Friday night, we go to a concert at the Indianapolis Symphony Orchestra, and these things burn into your mind, okay? It was Hoagie Carmichael's nephew that was playing, and the Dukes of Dixieland played, and my wife has some contractions during the concert, no pain. We're thinking these are what we call Braxton Hicks, and and then it all fell apart the next day. Um... I can't tell you what that pain felt like. I didn't know a word to put on it. Um, when it became real to me, it all seemed so surreal. This can't be happening kind of thing. When it all came became real to me is when I had to call my mother-in-law and tell her. And I think just verbalizing that was the hardest thing. Because when you had to say those words, you know, it's coming out. Um, You're not just trapped inside. You're not just thinking it, but you had to say it. And that was the hardest part. But here's my point, and this is why I'm telling you this, okay? When, um, 
when we're trying to recover from this, you know, and we go to church and we're, we're trying to sing the songs, you know, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. I was in the sinking sand. I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to stand on the solid rock and I'm in the sinking sand. And I mean, I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to think. And then we get a card. I can't tell you who it was. Thank you, whoever it was. Um, and it says Psalm thirty four eighteen. Psalm thirty four eighteen. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And saves those who are crushed in spirit. <laughs> that was my word. Crushed in spirit. So here's what I want. Here's what I want from you, okay? This is not just Jack and I talking. That's not the point. It's not to get sympathy or empathy for us telling these kind of stories. That is not the point. The point is focusing on the Lord who is close to the brokenhearted and the crushed in spirit. And if that's you, please share with us the verse that has spoken to you or the story that's spoken to you. This is a conversation. We are in this with you. We're all part of this world together. That's part of that living in peace with every everyone and being holy. We want to be at peace with you. So, you know, sometimes, John, a verse speaks to your heart. At, at the right time, at the right moment. Um, and I think that when you need him most, he's always there to, to just build on what you said. Uh, not only is the Lord close to the brokenhearted, but his son uh, bears you up. He, he gives you the strength to just make it. And uh, sometimes it's very, very difficult to just make it. You, you mentioned... Uh, the death of my my wife. We were married for 30 years, and my plan was to uh, retire when I'm now retired and uh, move back to Florida, which was our home, and walk on the beach where I I uh, proposed to her. I went back to that beach and uh, just kind of got into some solitude so that I could hear from God. And I, I prayed that I would hear from him. And I heard from him in the Word of God, in the Scripture. And that verse that he gave me was Second. Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. And uh, here's what it said to me. It says, kind of moving on from the brokenheartedness uh, to why can you smile today? Why do you have hope today? Amen. Why did it just not destroy you? Uh, why? Because this verse says, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness has made his light to shine in your heart so that the glory of God might be displayed in the face of Christ. God who said and had the power to create and say, let there be light, and there was light, this amazing, huge, majestic, powerful, uh, all-knowing God said, my light will shine in you, in you, in the face of Christ. And that's where you find it. Uh, when that brokenness, it doesn't mean that we still don't weep 
over these deaths and these burdens and these struggles. But we are not as those who have no hope. Right. Amen. Uh, we have the hope that we will see them again, Amen. that they're still there. Uh, that they didn't go into a void where we will never see them again, but they went to a place where uh, he, they are enjoying the presence of Christ in a way that we just long yeah. to enjoy, and we will one day. So I think the scriptures speak to our hearts. I think that God gives them to us at the right time. Sometimes he uses somebody like our friends to give us that verse. Sometimes we just happen upon it. Could be on every page of the scripture and that's why I would end with this. If you're an underliner in your Bible and uh, you see some verse that just means something really special to you and you underline it, that's awesome. Study and memorize those things. But sometimes when you get up in the morning and you're going to go do your Bible study, read the verses that you haven't underlined. Yeah. Because maybe there's something in those that might yeah. really speak to you. Don't just... Uh, Pick and choose your verses. Oh, absolutely. Make sure you, yeah, you read absolutely. it all. Read it all. Yeah. So uh, we want to hear from you, too. Please please share with us. Uh, if there's something we said that touched your heart or that, uh, you know, has helped guide you uh, in your focus back to Christ, um, share that. If, if there's a verse that spoke to you um, at a time when you need it most, when your heart was broken, when the world was just too much, please share that. And, and if you have a prayer request. It's absolutely. Something we'd love to and, it, and it's easy to do. It, um, our email is connect at symbol jackandjohnpodcast.com. Connect at jackandjohnpodcast.com. That's it. Thank you so much for being with us t today. And um, we just look forward to many more times of sharing with you.